0: Hey, Lower Party listeners. Just a quick couple notes before we start today's episode. This episode is the second part of a two-part series on Knights of the Old Republic. So if you didn't listen to the first one, go back and listen to it. The episode is titled Knights of the Old Republic and the Poetry of Star Wars. Also, this playthrough of KOTOR 2 that I used to write this episode was done with the content restoration patch installed, so if you come across a little bit of dialogue you don't remember or is out of order, uh, that's probably why. So let's get on with the episode. Think back to 2003. Star Wars just came back from the dead in the form of the prequels, which then proceeded to disappoint many longtime fans. Luckily, LucasArts and Bioware came to the rescue with the first Knights of the Old Republic game. No annoying kids, Gungans, or midichlorians. Many critics called the game as being a more quote-unquote authentic Star Wars experience than what the films were offering. However, at the end of the day, video games are products and sequels need to be made. Many annual series like Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, and Madden are just carbon copies of the previous game but with minor tweaks and additions here comes obsidian entertainment who were given little more than a year to make a new knights of the old republic game critics and fans expected kotor 2 subtitled the sith lords to follow in the same path as this first game a journey to become a jedi knight in order to save the galaxy and have a fun adventure what we got was a deconstruction of star wars tropes and makes the player question everything they think they know about star wars All Star Wars media pretty much starts out the same way. It's usually some sort of big action scene or adventure scene of a previous adventure our characters were on, and it somehow ties into the main plot. It sets the tone of the story. Knights of the Old Republic 2 starts out with your player character, called the Exile, emerging out of a to tank alone and confused. People who appear to be your crewmates are also in to tanks, dead from a battle we never see. You stumble around the space station, pulling up data logs and holographic recordings, trying to piece together where you are and how you got there and where to go next. The only enemies you come across are handfuls of automated sentry droids that are defeated in only a few hits or a quick blast from force powers. The Exile, unlike Revan from the previous games, starts the game out as a Jedi, but it's not the power fantasy we come to expect from being a Jedi. The handful of surviving characters you meet on the station either don't believe you or don't respect you. The recordings you uncover shows that the crew of the station appears to be wary of having a Jedi on board. They believe that the Exile is bad luck. The Exile broke himself free from the Force and thus damaged the Force itself. This introductory sequence does set the tone for the rest of the game, but in a different way. It tells the player that this game is more about introspection and self-discovery than the last game. It's a quieter game, more lonely, stranger. You come across a woman named Kreia on the station. She, like you, is also a Jedi, but unlike any we've ever seen before in Star Wars. Her face is half-hidden, she speaks in riddles, sees with the Force, but not her eyes. Her character sheet, which typically shows a character's stats and foresight affiliations, remains frustratingly neutral. She wants to be a mentor to you, but is also cruel and cold. Throughout the game, Kreia acts as the main questioner of Star Wars tropes. She questions the purity of the Jedi Order. Their inaction during the Mandalorian Wars caused the creation of Darth Revan and Malak, and thus caused the deaths of millions. Does this count as caution, fear, or cruelty among the Jedi Order? The Order banished the exile for following Revan during those wars. What gave them the power to act in such a judgmental way? Kreia also questions the role and existence of the Force itself. In the last episode, I talked about how Star Wars frequently repeats itself. But what if instead of this mantra being a clever writing trick for filmmakers, is instead how the Force is just supposed to work? Does the Force have the will of its own? And if so, is it for the greater good? Should people be able to decide what's best for themselves? Does the Force serve the Jedi, or do the Jedi serve the Force? Should the Exile have been given the choice to break away from the Force without punishment or regret? What is a Jedi without the Force? Kreia makes us question all of these beliefs that Star Wars fans hold dear. These questions culminate in a scene in which the Exile confronts the Jedi Council on Dantooine. The Council does not see the Exile as a Jedi with great potential for good. All they can see in the Exile is pain, suffering, and the potential death of the Force itself. I said I was going to talk about the Vietnam War a bit in this episode, and this scene is why. It's a shamefully common trait in the real world that veterans are quickly cast aside once their time in the service is up. They are asked to do and see unspeakable things, while their commanders are frequently hidden away and safe, both from the violence itself and also its consequences. For reasons I won't get into, I can't help but to see this scene through a Vietnam lens, but it can also apply to most wars.
1: Did you never wonder how Revan corrupted so many of the Jedi, so much of the Republic, so quickly? The Mandalorian Wars were a series of massacres that masked another war, a war of conversion, culminating in a final atrocity that no Jedi could walk away from, save one. And that is what I sought to understand. How one could turn away from such power, give up the Force, and still live. But I see what happened now. It is because you were... afraid. As you would pass judgment on her, I have come to pass judgment on you all. Do you wish to feel the teachings born of the Mandalorian Wars? Of all wars, of all tragedies that scream across the galaxy? Let me show you, you, who have forever seen the galaxy through the Force. See it through the eyes of the Exile.
0: The Jedi Council were no different than real military leaders. Hidden away on Dantooine while millions died, fed-up Jedis went to fight and came back, only to be reprimanded and exiled by the Council. At this point, Kreia has had enough, and wiped out the Jedi Council in one fell swoop. Finally, Kreia reveals herself as Darth Treya, a Sith Lord who trained Revan in the ways of the Dark Side, in order to destroy the Force itself. And this whole
1: time, she was training you to do the same. The Force has a will. It has a destiny for us all. I wield it, but it uses us all, and that is abhorrent to me, because I hate the Force. I hate that it seems to have a will, that it would control us to achieve some measure of balance when countless lives are lost. But in you, I see the potential to see the Force die, to turn away from its will,
0: Now, at the end of the game, of course, you do confront Arthreya, but it feels a little bit wrong. What she says makes sense. Most of the conflicts we see in Star Wars have been the result of these tropes and factions. Would breaking them bring about long-term peace? Her plan and beliefs are not that far off from Kylo Ren's at the end of The Last Jedi. They both seem to want to reject the concept of light and dark. Jedi and Sith one of the lines of kylo ren's reads quote let the past die kill it if you have to but what he failed to understand what the jedi council failed to understand what Kreia failed to understand and what we frequently fail to understand is that the past does not belong to one person it belongs to all of us and it's how we learn and act from it is what matters most thanks for listening this Lore Party minigame is executive produced by Abu Zafar and produced by me, Michael Ferris. Special thanks to Chris Avalon of Obsidian Entertainment for tweeting out about our last episode of Night Seal Republic. It really gave us a uh, whole bunch of new uh, people listening and it was a, just a real joy and excitement for uh, all of us here at Lore Party. Subscribe to Lore Party in your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at lore underscore party and check out our website at loreparty.com. Thanks a lot for listening.